On the news, uh, just before sitting, a young girl from Florida, 11 years old, said that, uh, that she has learned to cherish every breath. She was remembering her friend who is still, her school friend who is still missing in the Surfside, Florida condominium collapse. And, and this young girl said, I've learned to cherish every breath because we never know what's going to happen in our lives. And uh, Catherine, Catherine talked about that. She once said, our religion is our breath. And she meant uh, our religion is the experience of our whole life. Our religion is our being. And that is our breath by breath engagement with this life of ours, with this world. <clears throat> it, um, uh, I've been inspired this month by uh, Reverend Paul Haller at the San Francisco Zen Center, who's been teaching a month long Zoom class on the four foundations of mindfulness once a week. And he's such an inspiring speaker. Uh, Sandra has been Zooming in for that class too. And she and I have been able to talk about how inspiring Reverend Haller is. And, um, and it's a class about this practice, this practice of, of being with our breath, being with our life completely. Um, it's, it's ostensibly about looking at the Satipatthana Sutra, the four foundations of mindfulness which is one of uh, the Buddha's early teachings on practice. And uh, Paul Haller was talking about this, the similarities between what it says in this early sutra and what Dogen says in the Fukan Zazengi, the recommendation to all people to practice Zazen the essay that Dogen wrote uh, in the early 1200s, a couple of centuries later. Is that a couple of centuries? A century and a half after the Buddha. And um, uh, And he certainly did talk about the specifics of of the Satipatthana Sutra in these four weeks, but uh, it was mainly uh, a class about our practice, about why we practice, what our practice is. 
And uh, I, I like the way Paul Haller set the, set the first class up, showing the similarities. <clears throat> and so I'll uh, brazenly go through the same procedure for the first couple of minutes. But then um, at the last class, just last Monday, Paul Haller said something about practice that I've really been thinking about all week. And, uh, and that's what I'll settle into. So um, just, to, just to do the, the setup the way Paul Haller did. First, he quoted the Satipatthana Sutra. This, uh, it's got a great uh, kind of uh, opening paragraph, kind of the second paragraph, really. He addresses the monks. Monks, this is the direct path, the path for purification of beings, for the surmounting of sorrow and lamentation, for the disappearance of pain and grief, for the attainment of the true way, for the realization of nirvana. This direct path is the four foundations of mindfulness. So the practice of mindfulness, of paying attention to this very life right here, right now, is the direct path for the purification of this very being and for the realization of nirvana, nirvana, the cessation of desire. And then, uh, then Paula Haller quoted a few lines from Dogen's recommendation for all people to practice Zazen, the Fukan Zazengi. Zazen is the Dharma gate of enjoyment and ease. It is the practice realization of complete enlightenment. Through it, you realize the fundamental point. So this, these are two ways of saying very similar things. Uh, the Satipatthana is the direct path to the state of no desire. And when we're not desiring, when we really are settled and have the experience of this is all I need, this life, this breath, as the young girl told us, this breath is all I need when we're settled into that state of no desire, um, that's nothing but the enjoyment and ease that Dogen was talking about. And uh, this is the practice and realization of enlightenment. So this, this enlightenment can also be called no desire we're saying to ourselves, I wouldn't change a thing when we're sitting in our zazen with our back straight, enjoying every breath, 
breath after breath. I wouldn't change a thing we're saying to ourselves. This is wholeness. This is intimacy. This is unity and no separation. This is oneness. So uh, I really appreciated um, how Paul looked at both of these central texts to our practice, one from early Buddha and one from early Dogen. It's about practice, it's about wholeness. It's about experiencing the fullness of our lives. And uh, we, we, we have to ask ourselves, why, why wouldn't we wanna be right here fully in our lives? What keeps us from, from uh, settling fully in our life breath after breath. Of course, when we think of just the breath, it's going whether we think about it or not. Or not. We're always fully, fully settled into our breath. And, uh, but uh, I don't think about my every breath. Um, I don't cherish every breath the way the young girl said on the news tonight. Why, why don't we why aren't we settled fully in our lives all the time? And uh, uh, this, this, is, this is my riff now. Um, uh, we, 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 sometimes we're fully engaged in our life, our life of our, our ideas, our good ideas, our good opinions. Sometimes I feel fully engaged with this thought or activity that I've got going on. And, uh, and uh, but that's just the engagement with the one view, with my personal view. And, uh, and Paul Haller pointed out, it's our practice. It's our, it's our mindfulness that we can that we can um, participate in breath by breath. Uh, it's our Zazen, which, uh, which uh, many of our Zen teachers have said, Zazen isn't just on the cushion, Zazen is our life. So it's our Zazen that we can participate in breath by breath that shifts us from this personal view which we get so much practice experiencing to that larger view in the way that Gene talked about probably a year ago now. Uh, but I just like that expression, the expanded view. It really is uh, taking in the viewpoint of the whole world around us, being open to that view, being curious, uh, being able to, to hold on less tight, tightly to our personal view and, and just getting fascinated, getting curiouser and curiouser, as Alice said, um, about this very life. And when we get curious, we take in all the viewpoints, we take in all the data that's coming 
that's coming towards us. We reject none of it. We, everything is a piece of it that helps us know and experience this wholeness breath by breath. So this is, the, this is what our practice um, uh, opens the gate to, is the fullness and wholeness of our life. Uh, and that's, that's, the, that's the story I came up with when I said, how come, I, how come I'm not always engaged fully with my whole life? And uh, the answer is, can I just take that that small shift into mindfulness or zazen or expanded view. And that opens up the gate to wholeness and the entire, the entire world. This is what um, the line that, that Paul Haller said in the last class that I've been working with. He led us through a guided meditation initially, um, where he was asking us to focus on various aspects of our body and breath. And then he was asking us to settle into our posture at other times, just settle into the way it is right now. And uh, so when uh, the guided meditation was over, he, he uh, made the statement, directed attention invites energy. Receptive attention invites ease. And that, that, uh, that caught me. Um, I think when, what caught me was that uh, I'd, I'd looked a lot at my practice through the gate of ease, the ease part of that equation. Of, of going to the Zendo or stopping for a moment in my life and just settling in. And I think you've all heard me talk about this practice as being nourishing, as, as having that experience of uh, when the bell rings and we're standing up for, for service in the Zendo, having, I have that experience that I've just been nourished. I've been given, I've been given something in my life that feeds me. And, and that's what keeps me coming back again and again, is to, um, is to come to the table of zazen or mindfulness in the same way that I come to the breakfast table or the lunch table or dinner table. It's uh, nothing but the way our life is. It nourishes us that way. Um, and this receptive attention is, is the settling, is the, um, is the just uh, the recepting, the receptive attention of sitting down on the cushion 
or stopping in the middle of, of my life and opening up all my sense gates, letting everything in, rejecting nothing, and just taking the whole works in and settling down. Uh, settled, settling onto the cushion or settling into my life, much the same way that when we're finally in bed, when, we're, when we've finally turned off the light, uh, and the, at the moment before we, we settle into our sleep, our body just relaxes onto the bed. It lets go in a way that we can't tell it to let go. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it just lets go completely into the bed. Um, that's the receptive uh, attention that Paul was talking about. When we just settle into our zazen, open up all the sense gates and take in everything, receiving everything, that's the receptive part. And, uh, and out of that comes the, the feeling of wholeness because we're not rejecting anything um, of intimate connection because all the world is coming to us and we're taking it in. So that's the part I think that, that I've looked at the most. And, and so I was interested to take, take a, a closer look at the directed attention inviting energy. Remember, his whole line was directed attention invites energy. Receptive attention invites ease. And he, he was saying that this whole works is, is our mindfulness, is our meditation, is the zazen of our life. Um, so this directed attention is, uh, you know, a lot of the times I get there on the cushion and all I want to do is think, or there's a thought that I just need to work out and it just spins around there. And at some point I'm able to tell myself, you know, let's let that go. And can I direct my attention to my breath, to my body? Um, I've always had the, the feeling that our, our sitting integrates that kind of head energy throughout the whole body. And there is a method for doing that. So this directed attention is a method and is a doing. It's sort of saying, can I stop this? Uh, just for a moment, and can I see where my breath is? Is my breath, as the Satipatthana Sutta said, am I taking a long breath in? Am I taking a long breath out? Am I taking a short breath in? Am I taking a short breath out? I get back into my breath and I body. I direct my attention to my breath and I, my body. And this energy that's that I came into the Zendo with, that's all up here, uh, gets, gets integrated 
spread out into my whole body. Um, and uh, Paul Haller suggested that I look at that. I, I say, what, he said, you know, what is that energy? Um, uh, is it an energy that's going to burn me out? You know, if I do it again and again, uh, uh, you know, like if I, if I take a hike too long up in Wilder, am I ultimately going to get tired and uh, run out of energy? And it's been my experience over the years in Zazen that this energy that's generated by directing my attention to my breath and my body doesn't burn me out. I can do it again and again. I can, uh, uh, I can do it all day long. Uh, I can say, oh, I've got to take this expansive view because I'm stuck in, a, in an individual perspective that is burning me out. So can I take this, can I direct my energy to this expansive view to body and breath? Uh, this, this is an energy that's also uh, generated in our mindfulness and our meditation. Uh, one of Catherine's stories that I tell over and over is uh, she talked about really being stuck in her head and being a good Zen student and bringing attention to this problem that was in her head. And uh, it was during Sashin. And day after day, she couldn't resolve it. Uh, in her thinking mind. And so she switched to, should I just, can I just direct my attention to this body? She wasn't looking for anything in particular in the body. She just said, you know, this body is also participating in this rumination of mine. Let, let me look at this body uh, and um, opening up to this body and breath. That's that's existing right along with this rumination. And she was quick to say that, you know, there wasn't this instant insight when she looked at her body. But as she practiced with her body um, over days, and maybe over the next few weeks before she's, she gave the lecture on this practice, but as she practiced with the body, she felt something shift. And maybe it wasn't the complete resolution of the problem, but she was able to sit with it. She was able to feel a shift. Um, so this, uh, I think this was her example of directed attention, bringing an energy. Um, I, I, the example that I came up with <laughs> was, uh, was being on the Big Dipper at the boardwalk. You know, I, I haven't been on it for a few years, but whenever, uh, whenever a guest from out of town wants to see Santa Cruz, I, I always take them to the, to the boardwalk and the Big Dipper, and sometimes we go on it. I take them up to the university. Uh, I take them up to uh, my old apartment in, in Davenport. So I take them to uh, places, that, uh, places uh, hot spots that I think of in the county, but the Big Dipper, when you go on the Big Dipper, somehow the energy of that machine 
gets transformed into the energy in your body. And I just think of when I step off the Big Dipper and I walk back onto the boardwalk, I'm just filled with my whole life. That energy is right there in the body and there's enjoyment in the body. And I feel immediately connected to all of the excitement on the whole boardwalk. Um, so, so that, so that experience of, of being completely in your body and in the world right in front of you, which is nothing but mindfulness practice with this, which is nothing but our Zazen um, is great enjoyment. It's, it's our home. And um, uh, this is the, this is the practice of direct directing our attention to our whole life. And uh, so I asked Paul to talk more about, about the direct attention and the energy and the receptive attention and the ease that is invited. And he said, um, he said, you know, it's, it's a yoga. And um, a yoga, meaning it's this, it's this united dance. It's not one without the other. I can certainly, as I've just done, talk about the ease side that brings me nourishment. I can talk about the energy side where I'm just filled with my whole body and my whole life with enjoyment and energy. Uh, but, but the actual practice is this yoga, which is Paul's term that I, that I like, this yoke, this unity of, of, of an energy that, that's invited and an ease that's invited. This yoga of directed attention and receptive attention. Um, Suzuki talked about this yoga. Um, Suzuki said, and somebody on the screen will have the exact quote. It's, this is just my memory. Suzuki said that we should have a Theravada practice with a Mahayana heart, meaning that, that we should look at our practice, this sitting practice, this Zazen, or this mindfulness, we should look at it carefully. We should, we should maybe sometimes be a little analytic about it in the way that, uh, that some sections of this uh, Satipatthana Sutra are analytic, instructing us to pay attention to long breaths and differentiate them from short breaths, um, uh, directing us to um, pay attention to, to uh, the feeling of joy that comes up versus the feeling of 
sadness or fear that might come up, paying exquisite attention. So there's, there's an analytic quality uh, that Suzuki recommends for our practice. And then there's the heart practice of just being in love, of just having this natural connection with everyone around you. Um, uh, and uh, with, uh, and, and, and Suzuki described that too as a yoga. It's not something that you do the analytic practice when you hear the bell ring and you set yourself on the cushion and you do your heart practice when uh, you get home and you're greeting your loved ones. Uh, our life is this, is this yoga, Suzuki was telling us um, uh, about our, our practice. Uh, and, um, and also in this last class, this last Zoom class that Paul Howard was teaching for a, for a few minutes, we, he put us in breakout rooms and we were in a, in a uh, dyad with, uh, you know, there were, there were a hundred people on the screen and, and uh, I only knew Sandra. Uh, so uh, we were all with people that we didn't know, I imagine. And so I got paired up with this, uh, this Zen student, this practitioner, Laura from the East Bay. And we were talking about um, our homework assignment for the for the week before, and um, that that was that was kind of pointing towards this 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 last lecture of the yoga of directed attention and receptive attention. And Laura said, Laura said um, that in Zen she has discovered that what we attain in Zen is letting go. And I just, and even she appreciated the, the, uh, the greatness of that line. And I, I don't think she practiced it. I think it just came out in our conversation. Uh, you know, we think of attainment as something that, we're, that we finally get after much struggle and that we hold on to tightly. But she said, what we get in Zen is letting go that, that deeper and deeper ease, uh, settling into wholeness, uh, even, even being able to let go of this, this sacred perspective that I've built up over these 69 years, all of these great ideas that I've come up with. I can even in my sitting settle deeper and deeper into letting go of that perspective. So I thought I thought uh, I thought Laura's line about the yoga of energy and ease was just great. Uh, what we do is uh, attain our and our attainment is letting go, breath after breath, letting go. Um, so uh, 
maybe I can I can stop here. We'll uh, have some announcements and then a few minutes of uh, of of uh, conversation about this yoga of energy and ease that we call the practice of this very life. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become.